Hey, Mac, when does deer season start? Well, if you want the best deer herd possible, Lanny, you need to start right now. Right now. That's, That's why right. we're starting our promotion. I mean, we've got a deer season starts now promotion on plantbiologic.com where you can pick up our game changer soybeans, our forage soybeans, and our spring protein peas. While you're there, you might as well go ahead and pick up some brassicas like our final forage and winter bowls. Yeah, stock up for the cool season planting right now. Listeners to the GK Podcast, if you use coupon code GKPOD, you can save an additional 10% off our entire selection of warm season, cool season, and clover food plot seed. Get started today and visit plantbiologic.com for an unforgettable fall. I am Jeff Foxworthy, and welcome to Gamekeeper Podcast. If you want to learn more about farming for wildlife and habitat management, then buddy, you are in the right place. Join the Gamekeeper crew direct from Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Studio as they discuss the latest wildlife and habitat management practices, news, and of course, hunting. There's no telling what you'll learn, but I'm going to tell you, I bet it's interesting. Enjoy. Oh, yeah, always. Rich. We're all good. Good. Great. Strange. Wonderful. You're calling me, Lanny. I was testing to make sure it worked. thought we were testing. <laughs> test <phase. laughs> all right, it worked. Right. Uh, you, know, you got batteries? Like, <laughs> got your call waiting turned off? I, I don't have Jeff Foxworthy's phone number. Not that I should. But. Yeah, here it is right here. He's not going to say it out loud. He doesn't trust me. Yeah. Here, pass that down to me. Cuz gonna reach over and slap me and be like, "What?" <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> you way too tall and young. For that reminds me of Chevy. I, I ain't young, bro. I'm creeping up on fifty. <laughs> well, you're not graying much at all. Oh, well, it's falling out. Cranky asked me one time. They were studying the Civil War out there. Like, he asked me was I around? Could I help him? I said, "No, nah, I just barely missed that one." <laughs> Hi, right, Bobby, you ready? Mm-hmm. Can I save Jeff's number for yeah, I don't case care. I want I, I don't care. in case I need to get a new car warranty? Hello? Hey, Jeff. <clears throat> hey, man. Hey, can you hear What's us? What's up? I can hear y'all. You got me? I think so, Richie. What does he sound like? Sounds uh, pretty good to me. Sounds All like right. a movie star to me. This yeah. is cool. <laughs> Oh my word! <laughs> no. no, all right, Jeff. So here's what we're gonna do. We hadn't started yet. We wanted to have you on the whole time. We're gonna we're gonna get cranked up here in a minute. And we're gonna introduce you, and no pressure. If you do whatever you would like to do, but you're welcome to stay for the entire podcast and laugh with us and listen to the stories. Terry Jury's gonna be here. We've got one recorded from Terry. We got Neil Hayes, cousins in here. Uh, Jeff Lindsay's going to so call in. What you're basically telling me is anybody can be on this show. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Just some guy. My, my old boy, Cuz, we need to go hunt again together. I, I ain't as mad at him as I used to be, Cuz. Hey, me neither. And, you know, I try not to bother you, but I started to call you the other day. I was on a little road trip and I was eating on my tailgate at a truck stop at a Chevron station, and a woman came by, and she said, you know you are redneck if you eat a ham sandwich on your tailgate. Boom. And I looked straight in the eye. I said, Lady Jeff Foxworthy is one of my best friends. And she just rolled her eyes and walked off. Yeah, she was like, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, sure. 
Sure. Sure. Yeah. I did think of a new one this I did think of a new one this this morning because if, if you think studying abroad means staring at a woman at a bar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just might hey, be. Man, you yeah. are relentless. Mm. Relentless. Mm. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Let's let's uh, let's let's get organized here and let's get this thing started and be be uh be good stewards of jeff's time here so richie are you ready okay count us down let's get this ball rolling all right here we go guys we are live in three two one all right everybody here we are once again Ah. i don't know why i'm playing the mexican music once again but i think think we've fallen out of the ranks yeah i don't even know are we even up there anymore i I don't know look i did i did have a chicken enchilada for lunch is that right yeah when you had wait what did you have for breakfast this morning uh i had uh, chili with eggs yeah Mm, that's pretty mexican yeah it it sure is so maybe it's apropos that he's playing that there we go what did you say apropos what does that mean it's one of those big words like mayonnaise (laughs) mayonnaise so so today is going to be a lot of fun we've got a lot of people that we're going to talk to and uh we dudley you're sitting here you're all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed you look good lanny you got your black on like you always i forgot oh man i meant to put my bottom land on it's your color and uh we got cuz sitting at the end of the table and uh in the house did you get in that rain yesterday I did. I got almost three quarters of an inch, and I got down on my knees. No. And thank God, it was a blessing. For I went sure. and sat in a tree stand yesterday, and you could hear the grass growing. Uh, I'm telling you, it was magical. Did you see any deer? That front came through. Saw cool. eight. Nice. Nothing in bow range. Right? No I'd have a different tail. No, for it. <laughs> yeah, I know you would. <laughs> I'm like I'm like our upcoming guest. I ain't that mad at them. Yeah. But I cannot resist. I don't know. You're there. pretty mad at them. It's, it's pretty when that rain hits after it hadn't in a long time. My grandmother used to call it a washed day. A oh, washed nice. Day. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty special. Well, it was much needed. Hopefully got a little bit more coming. So. Yep. So, look, let me go ahead and introduce We've got a guest on the line with us, one of our favorite, if not our favorite. I'm going to go ahead and say he's our favorite, favorite gamekeeper. Game yeah. yeah. So, we got Jeff Foxworthy. Boom. All right. In the house. Mayonnaise. The, all right. The Mexican music. Yeah. Have you ever done this when you're in a Mexican uh, restaurant and that mariachi band comes and plays at the table? And I always pull out like five bucks and I'll give it to them. And I think in their mind, they think you're like tipping them because their playing was so good. But in my mind, it's like, here, if I give you this, will you please just go away and let me explain <laughs> yeah, it? That's what you need but is more attention. That's why they keep coming back. That's what you need is more attention while you're trying to eat something. That's, right. <laughs> that's why you, you give them money from another table. They'll there go you, over there. There you go. <laughs> that's a I'll good idea. I'll that next time. Oh my goodness! Well, Jeff, we're excited to have you. We, this is a, one of our favorite times of the year. Is right here, you know. It's you, upon us. Yeah, whitetail right. season is here. Both season is in in most places, but the the firearm season is about to start or has started, and it's just such a big deal. I'm, I'm, so I wanted with this podcast to celebrate the whitetail deer and tell some of our favorite stories. I mean, yeah, it's always you know right around. I mean, and we're lucky because ours starts in Georgia's second weekend in September, and and you can kind of still catch those deer on that summer feeding pattern. But 
It's like when you get close to Halloween, my neck starts swelling up. That's when it gets fun, you know. That's when you can sit in a tree and it ain't over after the first hour. That's you right. Know, it, it, yeah. And no so I love this time of year. Halloween through like the first two weeks of November is just magical. And that's, I mean, I think that's a magical point for most people in the country. I mean, in the Midwest and everywhere else. And they're lucky in Georgia to have that, that October kind of rut thing. We had to wait a little bit later here, but it's, it's whitetails hot and heavy from now for the next month. I know. You know, Jeff, where Jeff's located, they, they've got, it's a kind of a pocket down there. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, but there's a handful of counties and y'all have that late October rut that, uh, that, that like they have in some places up North Wisconsin, for example. And, yeah. It's well, and, 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 you know, Bobby, like where we are, when they restock deer in Georgia in the fifties, most of the deer they brought in were from Texas, but in our little kind of two or three pocket area there they brought in deer from wisconsin and so our deer is that late october first week or two of november rut and i don't know if that's you know still left in those wisconsin genes or whatever but you can literally go 20 miles towards alabama and their ruts in january you know i mean that close together and the ruts are you know, two and a half months apart. Yeah, and it's just, we just once you, they're just right across a river. Really, mm-hmm. is all that's separating us. Yeah, that's really what you're talking about. Yeah. So, so a man could hunt the rut. Yeah. What? Well, you could travel and hunt a lot of two or a three lot of rut. Times, yeah, you sure, you sure could. So, but you know, one thing I wanted to point out and get everybody's thoughts on this. I'm looking at Cuz, who, who's so uh, can, can, such a wordsmith. But can you think of anything other than turkeys? But can you think of anything? That, I mean, opening day is looked forward to by so many people. There are places in the country that opening day of deer season is a, is a school holiday. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and you think yeah. about buck fever and how that affects people. I've still got it. It's Yeah, you do. <laughs> it constant catch. But, it, it, I mean, we all love this animal so much. It's a big deal. You I mean, know, up in Pennsylvania, we used to go up there and, and you see these orange trucks out on the power lines that say Asplin or whatever the oh, guys. yeah. yeah. Well, that company, we knew the guy that he owned that company. His name was Chris. He was on the board with me at QDMA. And the, they were having a big strike. All the all the workers who cleared the power lines went on strike, and it went on and on. They offered him this and that. <clears throat> Nobody would come back to work. He went in there and said, I'll give you the first two days of deer season off. Bam, strike, strike. Everybody back to work. <laughs> that, is a, that is a true story. Yeah, I heard it means too. a lot to a lot of people. Well, that, you know, the animal in itself is just an amazing critter. You know, it really is. So we talk about it all the time around here. But, you know, it, it's, it's fascinating. It's been fascinating people for hundreds of years and will continue to. It's the most sought-after big game animal on the planet. No doubt say. about it. Yeah. And yeah. just an amazing creation by the good Lord. I mean, I, to be able to yeah. grow – in uh, excess of a hundred inches of bone on your head, you know, maybe smaller down here, bigger up there in the amount of time they do. It's just amazing. And the timing of the deer season is so important. Yeah. Whether people realize it or not, the colors are changing, the leaves are falling. It's That's just right. a magical it's time of year. It is. Hey, Watching football, all that good stuff. Hey, Jeff, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. After you killed Will Smith, and I, I know remember. Everybody, everybody's remembered, they'll have I to go Will. to Yeah. Have you have you had the urge to go back? Did that just kill your momentum? Because I don't know if there's ever been a bigger deer in Georgia. That that had that had to weigh on you after you you got him. Yeah, but you know, and, and I'm trying to think of a delicate way to say this, uh, <laughs> but 
it, it's like when when we were doing the the, the blue collar comedy tour, and Ron White said, "Once you see one set, you kind of want to see the rest." Of it. <laughs> uh, okay, good answer. It, it, yeah, so yeah, you know, for me, that I mean, that was that was a totally defined moment. You know, the the way yeah. that 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 story went down and 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 it did check a box for me because I kind of came to bow hunting later in life you know I, I probably didn't start bow hunting until you know I was late 40s or early 50s and so and to me it was almost like starting all over hunting I it's it, you know to, to try to learn you know I remember sitting there and you sit there for two hours and then you know, a couple of does would come walking up and I'd draw and they'd look straight up at me and take off running. And I'm like, okay, note to self, wait till they go behind the tree before you draw. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was such a learning curve on it. But but I found myself immediately addicted to it. And, and so, you know, one of my goals was I wanted to kill a deer that was over 170 inches, not, not high fence, not grown deer, wild, free-range deer. With my bow, you know, and so Will Smith checked that box for me, and and then I was content the rest of that year and the next year to just shoot uh, does, and 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 just loved it. But you know, after a couple of years, you're like, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind doing that again, and, <laughs> and you know, and, and so like in 2018, uh, I was blessed to, to kill a deer even bigger than than will with my bow on the farm but uh you know it's it's very funny it's it's like as you get older you know and i can remember you you talking about the excitement of opening day i I remember being a teenager and i couldn't sleep the night before i hell i remember being an adult you go to a new place whether it's illinois or kansas or texas when you couldn't and i couldn't sleep you know Mm -hmm. just being that excited about the next day um but as I've gotten older, and I think it's a natural progression of a hunter, it, it's now the whole experience. You know, it's, yeah. I, I was telling the guy earlier today, I said, I've never sat in the woods where I, when I was walking out of the woods that I thought, well, that was a waste of time. I, there's always, you always see something or you know, experience something or think something that makes it worthwhile. Uh, it's it, it it's like church to me. You know, to go sit in the woods. And I, I was laughing this past weekend. I was doing a show out in Reno, and the guy's walking me behind the stage. And he's got a little flashlight. And he goes, "Watch out! There's cord there, and watch out! There's kind of a little step down there." I said, "You know, when I'm when I'm walking through the woods in the pitch black dark to my stand, I don't have anybody." with a little flashlight going, hey, watch out, there's a root right there, and watch out, there's a rock over here. And I said, I think I'll be okay. I think you probably need to get Glenn to put some yellow tape out for you, right. so you so you know where you're going next time. Oh, you you ain't a hunter till you've been lost in the dark before, you know. And usually it's somebody telling you, not walk 200 yards down this road and you can't miss there's a little reflector and you'll go down to the left and you can't miss it and about 
two and a half hours later, you can't even find the original road. Where <laughs> yeah, I, that, that makes it worse for yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so Jim, yeah, that, that you can't miss it means you're still going to be walking in an hour and a half. No doubt. So, Jeff, do you remember your first deer? Can you tell us that oh, story? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Hey, hey, Jeff, let me just say this. Uh, Toxy just walked in, so I know he's going to want it as soon as he gets uh, – we got a little, we got a little headset for him here. He looks like he's, but uh, I know he's going to want to say hello to you. But Toxie just walked in, and sat out. So now we have a full cast in here. The whole, the room's full. So hello, all. Hey, Toxie, I love. You. Yeah. So if you, if you would, uh, if you don't mind, tell us that story of your first deer. Well, I, I, I can even go back further than that. I, I could take you right to the spot that I saw my first deer track. I was just fascinated that a, that a deer might live on our farm. And uh, so I decided, I, I, I told my dad I wanted to go deer hunting. And, and you talk about knowing nothing. So I'd go get pallets from behind the grocery store. And, and I'd, I'd go to construction sites and get the lumber they were throwing away. And I'd saw them up and I'd make wooden steps up the tree. And then I'd put that pallet up there and and sit on it. Ocean sure. <laughs> oh my God. You look at it now and you're thinking how, you know, no safety harness, nothing, you know, and it's like, how am I still alive? But, and I didn't think about, I, hell, I didn't know what a bedding area was or a food source or, or, or wind direction. I just thought, hell, that tree will hold a pallet. Let's put one up there, you know, <laughs> and, and I literally hunted two years before I all a deer and i'd go every weekend you know morning and evening and in two years i never saw a deer i remember the first deer i ever saw was a doe running like 70 or 80 yards through the woods and and she never stopped and i came back to the house trying not to cry going i saw one but she wouldn't stop you know and and so i so opening morning, you're talking about it was opening morning of probably 1976, and I had a little Marlin 3030, and and I walked out in the dark and, and climbed up uh, in in my into my pallet office. It was like an old logging road through the woods, and. About an hour after daylight, I'm sitting up there and I see something move between the trees, and I'm thinking, well, that's that's a squirrel down there on that logging road, and then it kind of flicked, and I realized that it was the ear of a deer, and I'm like, oh my god, there's a deer within thirty yards of me, and then it took another step, and I realized that it had antlers, you know, didn't matter how many, it just it had antlers, and I, and I ended up shooting that deer, I mean, right there in front of me in that little road, and it was a little five-point, had dark chocolate brown antlers, kind of going straight up, and I was so excited about that thing. I stood in that road, and my, and my friend who had gone in with me that weekend was probably hunting 80 yards up the hill. I stood in that road and hollered. <laughs> and, and so and he got so excited because he had never seen a deer either that he jumped down out of his tree 
and came running down there and we just admired that thing you know and i and i will say my dad made us clean it i mean he kind of showed us but he made us do it and i'm like i cannot believe that i'm this lucky you know that i got a deer i mean it was and i kept i kept that little rack for probably 20 or 30 years and then sometime in moving it got put in a box and got lost and i hadn't seen it since but it was it i kept it beside my bed forever mm-hmm. it was just that special to me Mm. That well, that's what they can do to you. That's right. I mean, Lane, that's what we're talking about. Schools take holidays, opening day. Dear there's just nothing like it. Ain't nothing like it. That's yeah. exactly the kind of story you would expect to hear from Jeff Foxworthy if you know him, because I've been with him. We spent elk. I was in elk camp with him, and he he tendering one, and he was so excited. But he's so genuine, and I I could have made up that story. I heard that story somewhere and said. That sounds like something Jeff Foxworthy would say because he is a humble man. That was awesome. Well, you know, you hear me my sermon from time to time, but no greater friend of Mossy Oak than to take example by than Jeff. And I'm not patronizing you, Jeff, but to pick up on something in one of the earliest broadcasts, and, you know, I didn't author it, but when I hear things that strike a nerve, they stick with me. And my son Daniel said, if you can maintain that sense of wonderment, and that sense of gratitude, how everything, and he's talking about hunting stuff too. And what Jeff just touched on was so classic that even in the years of, you know, taking down Will Smith at all these great trophy conquests, he, he's never lost that sense of wonderment. So if you go to his place, he would rather pack his lunch and work on the tractor all day and just be the hired help to work on the place and, you know, you know, it's just so important that because as you get more successful, like in hunting, you know, someone who started out, if you lose that sense of gratitude and sense of wonderment, you've lost the reason we even do all this. And I just like to throw Jeff Rowe's example A of how to maintain that and your joy for the whole sport through life. So thank you, Jeff Rowe. And from oh. now on, I will crack jokes. I will not be serious. <laughs> <laughs> well, but but – but you're right, and they were talking about that. Do you know, I mean, and, and, and in the course of my life, good Lord, I don't know how many deer I've seen, tens of thousands. Do you know if, I, if I'm sitting there working on the farm and, you know, I'm driving the tractor or whatever, and a deer runs in front of me all across the road, I still get excited. I still, say, I still say, it was a buck, it was a buck. Mate, well, mate, yeah. man, <laughs> well, maybe it was a doe. You know, yeah, I, I still, right. I'm still that there little boy. Yeah. It was yeah. a big, big yeah. eight point. Maybe it was just six. Okay, maybe mm, not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but what an amazing creature that it does. Oh, it does. That's exactly right. You yeah. know, and I, I just, I just admire their ability to survive and, 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 and just how cunning they are, but how beautiful they are. And, and I've never lost that sense of wonder about that animal. They, it still makes my heart jump to see one. Yeah. All right, Jeff. Well, so we started this one when I was uh, talking with uh, Larry Burns, who I must say is a shrewd negotiator to get you involved in the podcast. <laughs> Uh, I told him that we wanted you to tell your very best deer story. So uh, I think the time, what time is upon us. We, we want to hear this. Golly. Uh, all right, I'll tell you one, and it's not a bow story. It's a gun story. 
Will Smith is my all-time favorite, but y'all kind of touched on that. So I'll tell you. Uh, so uh, one year I went out to Kansas, and it was me and Glenn Garner, and I was Glenn was filming me, and we were uh, we'd gone out there, and and you talk about the middle of nowhere. I mean, this we were eighty five miles from the Clampett's old house. I mean, this is the middle of nowhere. And so, so the guy that was guiding us, he, he got out of the truck. He was an older gentleman, and, and and he started walking, and he's like, bent over at the waist, you know, you know, like how you're trying to kind of stalk. And, and so I'm walking behind him, and I'm bent over at the waist, and Glenn's got that camera, and tripod and he's been over the waist and we walked about a half a mile like that because i thought we were stalking up on something in the dark and then i realized hell that's just the way the dude walked <laughs> 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 i'm my back's about to break because i'm trying to imitate him i'm like hell that's how he walked but he had this place lined up for us and and it was we were sitting up on a hilltop and it was just getting daylight and you could look out in this oat field and, and there were, you could see the silhouettes, probably 40 deer out in this oat field. And in Kansas, gun season opens on a Wednesday, middle of the week. And then, and as we're watching these deer, all you're waiting on is another 15 minutes for shooting light. I, all of a sudden, down this gas line, you see a set of headlights coming. And it comes down, and it was the repair crew in the middle of nowhere for the gas line at daylight coming into work. Well, all those deer in that field scattered and ran off. And we looked at our guide and said, well, hell, do you have plan B? And he's like, not really. That's where the deer And he said, there is another field about a half a mile this way. So we grab all our stuff and he bends over and walks the whole way. Glenn and I stood up straight that time. And, uh, and we get up to the other field. Well, the only way you can get across is there's like this about two-foot deep creek. And it's got ice on it. Uh, and, you know, I didn't know I was going to be crossing the creek. I had on like ankle-high boots. And... I'm like, well, hell, I'll go look at that one. And, and I, and you know, as soon as you step in it, you can just feel that water pouring over the top of your boots and into your socks and it's ice cold. And I got across and I crawl up this little mound and peek into this thing. And as I peek in, the biggest deer I've ever seen in my life, he looked, his, his main beams look like your arms going, going out to either side is, walking out of the back end of the field he's not spooked he's just walking out with a couple of other deer down in towards those little uh the little river oaks down there you know he's leaving the field and i slid back down the hill but i'm sitting there i guess with a crazy look on my face and glenn whispers what i said dude i just saw the biggest deer i ever saw in my life he's like you're lying i said no i swear i said he looks like your arms sticking out so we went up and waited an hour or so and went up and, and set up a little ground blind on the side of the hill over that field, you know, trying to figure out which way the wind would be blowing that evening. And I went back and stuffed newspapers in my boots and tried to dry them out the best I could. And we went back that afternoon and we're sitting there waiting. And this deer stands up, this deer 
starts coming out of this, uh, out of those little live oaks down there, the river oaks. And he comes up and he hits a place. There's a little knoll and the sun's shining on it, just like a spotlight on the stage. And he stands there. And I hear Glenn, who usually, when you we were filming, he, he'd kind of be calm and, and help me be calm. When that deer stopped in the sunlight, I heard Glenn go. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, hell, he is as big as I thought he was. And, and he... He whispered, you know, usually it would be things like, let me get a little footage of him before you shoot. He said, as soon as that deer, as as deer steps in the field, shoot him. And so literally when his front foot hit the field, I shot, and I had never missed a deer that bad in my entire life. <laughs> I probably shot 10 yards in front of it. Uh, and I like to say, well, I think I hit a, a, a bush, you know, through my ground blind there. I don't think so. I think I was that shook up. And the buck, he ran, I don't know, 25, 30 yards. And he, you know how they do this stop because they, they don't know where the shot came from. And, and he stopped. He was looking around. It was like somebody had slapped me and brought me back into reality. And I, I bolt another shell in and, and I drill him on that second shot. And he runs 20 yards and falls over. Uh, and and I had told Glenn that morning, I said, because when I was telling him how big the deer was, he said, no way. I said, dude, I said, we're going to kill this deer. And, and if he's as big as I said he is, I'm going to body slam you to the ground. <laughs> so when we get over there to this deer, it ends up the deer has got 16 points. He's 25 and a half inside. Uh, so, so when we walk up to him, it's, he, his head's not even on the ground. The horns are propping his head up off the ground. I mean, he was—he scored 194. He was a gigantic. Oh my goodness! And uh, and and so we, uh, as you know, we filmed the recovery and everything. And the guy goes to get the truck. It's just me and Glenn out there. And I look over, and he—he's wrapping the the cord up around the little mic you have to wear, and he had his back to me. And I took off running as hard as I could, and I body slammed him to the ground. And I'm just punching him in the back of the head going, I told you he was that big. I told you he was that big. Well, unfortunately, that started a tradition that we did for about the next 15 years was whenever somebody shot something good, the other one would body slam them and beat them. And, uh, and, hell, I remember being in New Zealand, and, and I shot a – a red stag with my bow and he was big and, and as Glenn's coming down the hill, I look at the guy and I said, hold my bow, you know, hold my chewing gum. And he said, why? I said, cause I'm about to get body slammed to the ground. And, and sure enough, I did, but you know, that's just at, at sharing it with somebody. It wasn't even, I mean, it was, that deer was so magnificent that he was so big, but it was having somebody that, you know, 20 years later, you go, you remember that time we were out in Kansas? And just, you know, and, and I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I've shot a lot of deer on camera. Do you know I've never gone back and watched one of them because it's in my head. It's, I don't need to go back and watch it on something because it's in my head. And and the version that's in my head is better than the than the film version. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's cool. That, that's, 
Cuz I see I, I see you closing your eyes, shaking your head. That's a, it's a really good story. Yeah, and it, it just goes to show you why Jeff's so successful. Because the way he told that story, he was envisioning it going right back to it. And he's one of the people that don't ever forget stuff. And yeah. I was right there with him. He's a good storyteller. He hey, a, you should get somebody to pay you to do that. Yeah, yeah. You, might have, you might have a career there. Huh? You might have a career in that. I think you need to practice on it a lot more. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just think. You know, one ninety four. Jeff, what would that, he'd have been a? What would he have been the next? Oh year? my goodness! You know? <laughs> well, and the and the crazy thing is, I think that deer was three years old. No, oh way. my uh, goodness! Okay, don't lose you your know, mind. That, he wasn't in Mississippi. No, but in Kansas, you know, that's entirely possible. Yeah. I mean, it could be. You're right, but it's my deceased buddy. Bob Dixon would say he's old as he was going to get. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah that, well, that's kind of the way I felt. I did, I wasn't looking at him going, I think he might be too young. Let's let him walk. You know, he, he was one of those that just took your breath away. Oh, and, yeah. And, and, and in my office here at the house, I have one deer, and that's him, you know, wow. up on the wall. And, and every time my grandson walks in the front door, he looks at me and he goes, deer, deer. And I pick <laughs> him up, and we go in there and and touch that deer. That's our first thing he does in the house. Well, I tell you what. Why don't you uh, send us a picture of that deer and uh, maybe hang it on the wall, and we'll use that as the thumbnail for this podcast description, so everybody can get a look at just how big this thing actually is. Because I don't know, one ninety four. Well, you might want to put it bigger than anyone I got uh, a picture of. <laughs> we got somebody in the room that can hang with that one, so yeah, you might want to use them both. Yeah. So hey. Uh, uh, I'll take it. My grandson's coming over in about a half hour. I'll, I'll take a picture of me and him under go. that deer. Yeah, perfect. That's, that's perfect. awesome. That's perfect. So, look, Jeff, I, I, I'm hoping you can hang in here a little while longer. You may not be able to. We've got several other people lined up. But uh, can you hang a little while longer and listen? Yeah, I I, can't, I probably can't hang the whole time, but I can hang another 15, 20 minutes. Okay, well, so what we're going to do, we have a thing that we, we want to do it with you. We usually, uh, it's called Rapid Fire, and we ask you some really quick, quick Dudley asks you some really quick questions. It's brought to you by our friends at Springfield Armory. And these are customized questions just for you, Jeff. Oh, Lord. So okay. it's pretty easy. He's going he's gonna to say two things, pick one. If you don't want to pick any of them, just say neither. Pass. Yeah. And, Pass. Uh, we're going to try to do this quick. So, uh, our, so, so I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the one I want. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, the one you okay. can identify with the most. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. Cheese grits or regular grits? Regular grits. Cornbread or roll? Cornbread. Gray poupon or plain yellow mustard? Plain yellow mustard. Are you an early riser or a night owl? Both. Atlanta Braves or Georgia Bulldogs? Oh, bad gum. <laughs> <laughs> you can say neither. He said both. Uh, oil, oils, pastels, or watercolors? Ooh. Um, I paint, so I'm going with oil. Broadheads, mechanical or fixed? Mechanical. Is it a white perch or a crappie? It's a crappie. A crappie. <laughs> Pecan or pecan? Pecan. Would you rather hunt arrowheads or quail? Ooh. Arrowheads. Moose or elk? But oh, go ahead. Uh, what? No. What's the next one? Moose or elk? Oh, dad, gum. They're both great. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, 
huge, both. Huge typical or huge non-tip? Don't matter. Just, <laughs> and, I, it's like it's like Billy and Willie. I, he's heavy and he's got mass too. I don't <laughs> care. It doesn't matter. Lastly, Dale Earnhardt or Ricky Bobby? <laughs> Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> Good answer. Love good job. It. All right, Jeff. That's, that sounds good. All right, so look, our next uh, – those were good, Dudley. You did yeah, a great yeah. job with those. Yeah, so Jeff did made, good. Yeah, you got, got a smile out of Toxie on a couple of those. Things, <laughs> Jeff. Land- well, you know, it's just – and I'm sitting there realizing what a goober I am, you know, because that, that's how self-sophisticated I am. Great poupon or plain yellow, mu- yellow mustard. You know, I don't <laughs> – I don't need gray coupon. Just give me good old yellow mustard. He's a regular guy. All right. Sure. That, that sounds good. All right. So hang on, Jeff. Richie, mark this time code. We're going to try to get Chris Paradise on you the phone. You think I can right get now. two? I, two I hope you can. I hadn't <laughs> thought that through too much. Look here. Richie, do we need to do another <laughs> call? Oh, they don't have three. It I can do it. I can do it. What? They don't have three way on these cell phones. Give me a call, Paradise. Yeah. Yeah, right, you ready? Yeah, yeah, he's ready. All right, All right, let's see if this here works. Here we go. Chris Paradise will be the person on on the phone. This is Chris Paradise with Bossy Oak. Please leave your name and a quick message, and I'll call you back just as soon as I can. Yeah, okay. Leave him on. Well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He'll get that. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Oh, okay, we may have missed him. So let's move on to the next one, which would be Neil Hayes. We're going to call Neil? Okay. Yep. All right. Mr. Neal. Double L. Double L. You never know if you talk to any of my kids, my favorite and their favorite might be the same. Hey, that's good. Yeah, it could be. There's several. It's likely, it might likely be one with one of them. Yeah, you know that mine's going to be that way. Yep. You probably got the So I got a merge call. Hey, what's up? Hey, Neal. What up, Joe? Hey, what's going on? All right, Neal, we got you. Look, I'm in the room. We've got your dad sitting over here. We got Cuz, Lanny. Dudley, myself, Richie, we got Rob, redheaded Rob's in here. Rob in the house. And on the line is Jeff Foxworthy, who is going to be critiquing all these stories with us. I'm going to merge him in. Oh, Lord. Well, you kind of caught me off guard. I thought I was going to get some, uh, get some heads up before y'all called me. Yeah, well, uh, we've, it's been a very distracting uh, <laughs> podcast so far. I apologize for that. Yeah, so, Bobby, Bobby, if you call me back in about two hours, I think I'll have a good story for you. Yeah. There you go. So uh, we were. I was going to give you a heads up while we were talking to Chris Paradise, and then Chris, we can't get Chris. So On down the so list. Here, here, here you are. So. Neil, we would uh, Neil Hayes. Uh, you've kind of grown up deer hunting, probably Kinda. since you were just knee high to a grasshopper. <laughs> so uh, he's raised in the woods. We we want to hear yeah. one of your favorite deer stories, if you don't mind. Yeah, I don't really, you know, as as much time as I spent in the woods, I don't really have any elaborate, you know, sounds like it's made up. Uh, you know, make everybody in the room say "wow" kind of deer stories. Uh, I would say that a lot of my favorite memories. Uh, I would, you know, specific stories. My favorite memories probably came from uh, all night track jobs and crawling on your hands and knees and finding, you know, on pins and needles of blood and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, there's not one story in there that sticks out, but I, I would just say I think a lot of my favorite memories in deer hunting have probably been, you know, get a group of guys together and, you know, spend all night looking for a deer. Um, but I would say, as far as a favorite story, um, one comes to mind is uh, when um, 
everybody in the room is probably familiar with uh, Jordan Lafuso, uh, oh, yeah. employee of oh, buddy Jordan. Uh, Jordan Jordan was notorious for making bad shots on deer <laughs> uh, during his time in West Point. Anyway, he made a uh, you know not so great shot on a deer at maybe ten yards at. at in West Point, we were hunting together one day, or we were hunting in different stands, but we were out together. And <clears throat> anyway, whenever Dad and I uh, got down from our stands early because he was texting us and panicking, and it was like the biggest deer he'd ever seen. And and so we went to to help him track the deer, and we were tracking it, you know, towards late afternoon. It was you know right after sunset and still light, and uh, we were getting on the edge of this thicket, and all of a sudden this deer comes charging out of the um, thicket or clear cut that we thought was Jordan's deer ended up not being, and it was chasing a doe and it chased a doe right in front of us and went crashed down in the water uh, to our right. And I could see, oh, we could kind of see the deer down to the right and, and Jordan was holding his bow, which was, uh, this thing was so old. It didn't even have a stabilizer. We didn't have a release. And he had one arrow in his quiver it's about a with a broadhead that hadn't been sharpened. And this broadhead probably hadn't been sharpened in 10 years. Uh, and and I said, Jordan, hand me your bow. He handed me his bow. And this deer he, starts walking up he threw behind his, his doe bow. in front of us. Yeah, or threw me, whatever yeah, it was. You caught it. And I just was looking at that deer. And I was thinking, all right, he's probably 40 yards. I said, Jordan, which one of these pins is your 40-yard pin? <laughs> he said, that one. Okay, and so I pulled back with, uh, with the fingers and the one arrow, and I uh, pulled back, and there was, there was, he was right behind a tree, and there was one hole right behind his shoulder that you could kind of see his vitals through. And I kind of kneeled about halfway down or maybe on one knee and kind of canned about 45 degrees sideways, and I said, all right, I think I can kill him. And I shot, and I hit him and uh, killed the deer, and long story short, we found mine and never found Jordan's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only only deer I've shot with someone else's weapon. That's a good Christ. story. I was in between because Neil was in front tracking, and Jordan was in the back, and so I I laid witness to that. He's telling mm-hmm. just almost ninety nine percent, just like it is. Other than Jordan, throw me your bow, and it was actually not a, a safety thing. The arrow was on there, and he threw the bow in the air perfectly <laughs> symmetrical the right it. past me and Neil grabbed it on the handle within a half second had his hand on there and was drawn. Boom. I mean literally from the time he said throw me your bow Jordan to when he was drawn was maybe two seconds. Wow. That fast. That's wow. pretty quick. Jordan stories. Yeah when he said it's had something to do with Jordan yeah. and looking for a deer it, that, it could have been one of I've got several of those myself. <laughs> <laughs> right. And we yeah. learned from that story that it wasn't the bow, it was the person holding the bow. Right? Yeah, that's right. There you go. You know, yeah. sometimes I think people so get caught up, caught up too much in the, uh, I think some people get caught up too much in all the, the uh, you know, new bow and this new stabilizer and this new rest and this new arrow. Right. And, you know, I think it, you know, okay. that's not what it takes to kill deer sometimes. Yeah, um, that's one, good, one of my – Use some good old woodsmanship to get them closer to you or whatever it may be. Well, that wasn't even close. But I always say all the time, more important than all of that, I mean, you got to know where your equipment shoots, but like, what's the most important thing in bow hunting? And I'll point down having one standing right there. You yeah. know, you know, I'm pointing to it's like ten yards. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But I, but I will say too, like from what the way Neil started, there's nothing more exciting for everybody. Now, you don't have to be the one that shot. No, it's when somebody shoots a good deer 
you know, and you and you can't find, and you can't can't find, and you're sitting there going, "Oh, is this going to end up bad?" And then you hear somebody in the dark go, "I got blood." Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Your heart just starts racing. You know. Yeah. It's like, yeah. We, yeah. we, we got had blood. Some... Let's go. Yeah, and I love the way that, that you work together as a team when you have a, a track job like that, and you'll have, you know, two, three guys that are on yeah. their hands and knees looking for drops of blood, and then you got your, your runners that are going out making big 100-yard loops trying to cut cut some trail off by finding a, some blood up the trail a ways. And uh, I don't know, I've just and always one poor guy that up. always has to stand there with the last blood. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The old yeah, it's actually that's, that's the most important the job. Yeah, that's, that's my job. That's the most important job is somebody stay as boring, stay with that last blood yeah. and carry a flagging or a toilet paper or something to always mark that trail because it's amazing how many times, especially when it's cold and whatever, you make the decision. The smart thing is go home, yeah, quit pressing them. And if you don't mark it, where to start back in the morning, you might not can find it. No doubt. Yeah. And if they take a hard right or left sometimes, you, it gets it's dead. If the kid Neil would go, we'd be tracking something he shot. And I remember especially one late. Neil, you remember the big eight point you shot at the cotton mill, and we tracked him till midnight that night after the basketball yeah. game. And he kept going, oh, daddy, did he stop bleeding? I was like, no, this deer did not stop bleeding. Well, we can't find it. I said, well, he's still bleeding. He just took a different – direction and directly yeah. we would see 90 degrees to the right or 90 degrees yeah. to the left or some crazy direction there would be blood again yeah. he'd always say did he stop bleeding i said no he hadn't stopped bleeding so neil let me ask you this seems like i remember five or six years ago a story about you riding somewhere on y'all's property and there was a blind buck standing out in a field his both his eyes have been yeah to tell you, that's the saddest thing i've ever yeah. seen yeah <clears throat> yeah this this was this is kind of a sad story but yeah, we were, me and uh, two friends were going uh, to check a uh, kind of a duck hole down in the woods to see if there were some ducks on it. And we had just kind of filled right on the edge of the swamp. We were pulled up and all of a sudden I looked to the left and there's a buck standing there, I don't know, 50 yards away. And looking at him like, look at that old, I mean, it's a old, like beat up buck. It's kind of post rut. He's real run down. And I'm looking at him and he's just kind of standing there. And I'm like, well, he's probably run off by now. We're in the wide open, and and I could notice something was wrong, so I started walking towards him. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, now that we're doing this, let's just see how close we can get to this deer for kicks and giggles. We didn't have any weapon or anything on us, and I got all the way up to about ten or fifteen yards from the deer, just standing in the wide open, and I could look, I saw his eyes, and both his eyes were gouged out, couldn't see. So I was like, well, we got to do something. This deer is just going to suffer for the next few weeks, and then die. So uh, we stayed there and I sent one friend back to the camp and we didn't have any guns or anything. All he had was a bow in his car. So he got his bow out of the car and brought it back. And I walked up to the deer and, and, and shot it and put it out of his misery. But yeah, that was a sad story, but that just, that's just one of those natures kind of cruel ways. So of, uh, yeah. Well, if, what had happened upon further, you know, inspection, yeah, just a, once he had the puncture his eyes out and it had been a little while cause they were like infected they had completely yeah. brutalized that deer. He was ripped and torn in so many places. It looked like, you know, you've thrown him in the wash the dryer with razor blades. It was awful Yeah, what they did to him once yeah. he was defenseless. And they, that just shows you how how tough nature is. Yeah, they're Mother Nature to, is they're brutal. They're trying to kill each other when they're fighting. Yeah, wow. But it was yeah. really sad. And if there was even the slightest chance that we could have – done something for that deer and let him oh, go no, we would have done it but there was there was no it was oh no it was only one thing to do 
Mm. It was pitiful. Well, that's a good story, Neil. We appreciate you jumping on here with us. Uh, There's many more. Yeah. (laughs) So that we. Yeah. And that's one thing I learned quick hanging out with you guys is uh, nobody gives up until they find it. You know, like Mandy's deer, we tracked for two miles that time. Oh, yeah. You know, we see this on TV a a lot, and everybody's perfect, and nothing gets away. It's just like Jeff said, you know, if you've got a team and a crew, and especially all of us, you know, especially because, good gosh, the experience he has, Neil's a great tracker. But when you have a group, it's like we won. It wasn't like you won. Yeah. It's like a team thing. It's just such a – it's so bad to feel like you wasted something or hit one and didn't find it. It just breaks my heart. I can't stand it. To recover one after a long all-night track is so much fun. It was like – And and like you say, Coxie, it's it's everybody's big. Yeah. You know. Oh, big time. That is very real. One of my favorite things is is that – especially if the deer – you feel pretty good about it. And it's in an area, as you know as well as I do, Jeff, where he went into might have as much to do if you find him pretty quick or not. And, uh, you know, just depends on what kind of training it is. But when you feel pretty good about it ahead of time, it's a full moon, it's a great temperature, you know, you're close to home, not in the middle of it. It's so much fun tracking a deer at night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I would say uh, out of all the, you know, favorite beers, uh, a cold beer after an all-night successful track job is definitely a, probably a top five or top ten one. Oh, no doubt. No, no doubt. Boys, I love y'all to death, but my daughter just texted. She's pulling in my driveway with my year-and-a-half hey, old grandson. Over and out, buddy. And I don't, love, I don't love anybody on the planet. And I tell my kids that. I say, <laughs> I love y'all, but I don't love y'all as much as I love this little joker right here. So, uh, Join the club. Well, send us a picture of him with that big dude. Yes, absolutely. You got it. All right, brother. Thanks, Thanks Jeff. Jeff. I love y'all. Take care. All right. Take care. All right. All right, well, so, uh, Neil, are you still there? I'm still here. Okay. Well, we're going to call. Until y'all kick me off. We're going to call Jeff Lindsay. You're welcome to hang on here and be a part of the conversation. Uh, I, I can't promise that yeah. we won't See, accidentally you're trying drop to get him. You. Real quick, Neil, one of my favorites, I'd have to have a couple tied one, would be, and I, I would speak to him later on, but while you're here, you know, one of them would be with Dan and one would be Sarah Francis, but yours would be that first one you killed with a bow. I remember and that And you one. weren't sure – when you taking the shot, because he he was m- a little younger than you might normally be yeah, hunting yeah, with that little bitty tiny micro Midas with a 19 inch arrow and a you know a super sharp two blade broadhead and everything, and he had hit two. Got a lot deer with that bow. Oh, you did. Was it those satellite broadheads? No, um, yes. Yeah, two blade satellite, satellite broadhead. Yep, yep. The tight. Dad would dad would take the little bleeder blades yeah, off he the would, tie. So they'd they probably be 80 grain maybe yeah. broadhead. He probably killed exactly. six or eight deer with that bow. Mm-hmm. But the first one, he had yeah. shot one at the cotton mill. And he hit it, but it was high. And I know he didn't hurt the deer because it was up above the backbone and stuff. And I think there was another one he hit high. And so, uh, but this one. He pinwheeled you know, it. Yeah. Well, I mean, he hit the deer wheeled when he shot, and he hit him just a little bit back. But I also, with my eye, saw he had punched that femoral artery because when the deer spun, he didn't see it. It shot blood out like a mm-hmm. you had a garden hose spraying it, so I knew it was going pretty good. And he was like, "Daddy, what did it do? What did it hit? Would you think? Would you know?" And I was like, "Man, I don't know. I don't feel good about this." <laughs> and he was just—you can see—he was just—he needed some Zofran or something. He was about to throw oh, up. Wow. Oh my gosh! And he was like, "You know, 
is there any blood? Well, I was looking at blood and trying to keep him from seeing the blood. And then finally we thought, oh, it looks like you hit him. I don't know. Anyway, short, it didn't go very far. And I still, like, I didn't say anything, and I can still hear that voice right now. One thing I can always, I'll never forget this one, Neil, is I could, if it gets quiet, I can hear it. Daddy, 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 there he is. And I can still hear it right now. And, you know, it was like a three-point. But it, it didn't matter. It could have just as soon been a 190-inch deer. It was so magic. You know, that, that's why we started this podcast. We t- actually, you missed it, but we talked about celebrating oh, the yeah. whitetail and how, yeah. what it means to all of us. Oh, and then to, to yeah. sit there and look. I can see the excitement in your eyes. Oh, eye my gosh. As, can, you, as you tell us I can the story hear him about. right now because he's got a little deeper voice now than he did at 10 years old. But uh, you've got great memories with all of them. Yeah, all yeah, the you kids killed you know, You wouldn't think a, a nine year old would be. Uh, that good at aiming and hitting the small artery, but you know, back then I was playing chess. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just hitting the deer, <laughs> period. Yeah. You know, that small artery, it's a deadly shot. You know, you just got to aim for it. Yeah. Of course, okay. I was trying okay. to hit him in the back. Yeah. All right. But let's, uh, Lane, what about getting Jeff Lindsay? Can we think we can get him on the phone? Yep. So, Cuz, don't, we're going to go, we're, we're going oh, to come to you. Go there, we're yeah. going to come back to you, Ty. He has so. one of the best ones in history. So, uh, and you know, it's it's funny that it doesn't have to be the size of the deer. No. There's so many cool stories right. and oh, cool recovery. Size of the story. Yeah, well, can't, yeah, can't yeah. all of us kill big? But deer, sometimes you know, that does make that does make it pretty legendary if there's more to it than that. So, hello. All right, Jeff Lindsay. This is the Gamekeeper Crew calling. What is up, guys? I'm in a creek bed with about. Half the Multi Oak team right now. All oh, right. no. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's that's Austin sounds O'Day. like a, a story in the making. I yeah. thought. We'll, we'll make it brief. Well, Jeff, look, we, we'll be real brief. Sound like you're really busy, probably doing something we wish we were doing. Correct. And uh, we wanted to hear your favorite or a one of your favorite deer stories, if we could. Oh, absolutely. I got a good one. All right. Well, let us hear it. Put let it her on. rip. Yeah. Okay. This is about. 12 years ago in Adams County, Illinois, we were hunting. It was uh, one of my first times ever hunting this farm. And the first afternoon we're walking in, it's about it's about right now, October 26th, 27th, something like that. Illinois always gets started a little earlier as far as rut activity. And uh, this doesn't have to be as cold over here on the move. And walking in that afternoon, we've seen a a heck of a four-year-old and we were pumped up like i say this was anticipation was high this is like one of the first times we ever hunted this farm and my cameraman at the time we're filming for drury outdoors and uh his nickname was little john that's what everybody knew him as most people didn't know his last name he was just a funny guy and so we had this little cameraman stand that we carried around that was probably had a weight limit of 125 pounds i don't know we carried this light little stand, it was almost like it was made of aircraft aluminum, and we carried a ratchet strap. So, so many of we hadn't been filming long, so most of our sets didn't have two stands. So, this particular night, we're in an old ladder stand that was, or not an older, it was not an old ladder stand, but a couple years old. And we climbed up in this stand, and I hung his, uh, his little cameraman stand and ratcheted it down, and we're ready to go. And we seen a couple of deer. They were in the acorns that night. They were kind of some little bucks cruising some does. And I looked down in this bottom, and uh, I seen just a giant deer, just the biggest deer I've ever seen in Illinois, probably still to this day. And uh, he's down there, and 
I start grunting at him. He's down there. I think he was working a scrape. And he kind of looks up there, grunt again. You know how it is. I don't want him looking at me when I grunt. And about that time, little John Stan slipped on this slick red oak bark tree we're in. And it fell several inches. Scared him to death. He's trying to film. And I'm trying to focus on this buck. And I really honestly didn't know what was going on. I thought we just blew the chance of the biggest Illinois buck I'd ever seen. Well, whatever he did, whatever that sounded like, was obviously another buck getting after a cedar tree or something. Because that sucker makes a beeline right to us. And just doing that, you know, wind at his back, death walk coming right to us. And uh, I stopped him at 17 yards, hit him perfect. Double lung, takes off up the hill. And my dad, who was hunting with a new cameraman at the time, uh, who was still kind of, still fairly, you know, we hadn't hunted a lot that year, early in the season. And it gets up to the top of this hill, and I hear some more commotion going on. Didn't didn't think much about it. And uh, get down about dark. I gave the deer an hour, hour and a half or whatever. I felt good about the shot. Um, we start tracking. And we went 100, 150 yards. I felt like I was going a little, fur, a little far, a little further than I should have been based on the hit. And next thing you know, I see a headlamp. I'm like, oh, my Lord, you know, this is first time ever hunting in here. I got poachers or something. I don't know what's going on. And uh, next thing you know, we finally, we kind of like hid from the lights. I mean, we, I mean, I knew we were on our property, but, you know, you <laughs> never know. Feelings. You, never, you yeah. never know. Are you sure? And so uh, a few minutes go by, it keep, keeps coming. It's a headlamp, and it's my dad. He's like, what are y'all doing? He's like, I'm tracking the deer. I said, we're tracking the deer. And. What had happened was the deer had ran up the top of that hill. He had ended up, um, the, his cameraman, I, it happened so quick, he didn't even really have it in full full focus. He shoots the deer, kind of kind of hits him in the, the shoulder. He probably got enough penetration to kill the deer. Um, you know, I don't remember exactly. I found his arrow somewhere during that process, and I just really got head scratching stuff going on. I didn't didn't really know what, what was going on. Well, nonetheless... The deer probably ended up running 300 yards total, which still to this day is, is hard for a, you know, a, a double lung deer shot with a big mechanical to go that far. Well, we both found him. Or we both walked over there to him, and we're still kind of like, all right, who shot him first? We're, we haven't really hashed out all the details. And as soon as we get over there, we flip him over. There's two holes in him. My dad points right at that double lung shot. Well, this is where I hit. <laughs> of course. Hold up now. And uh, so we still talk about that. We still laugh about it. Well, looking back, we kind of got our, our shots flipped up. But, and I killed him, but he just made him even more dead, I think, is what happened. So I mm. called my buddy Joe Gizdick, who was part of the Illinois Bowhunter Association. I said, look, you know, I shot him. My dad shot him. Who tags him? He says, well, the first lethal hit tags the buck. And I said, okay, Dad, I hate to break the news to you, but I get him. Because he was like, you know, the 178, just big old frame, 10-pointer with deep fork G2. It's just a pretty buck. Uh, but once he figured it out, I mean, there was no, you know, bad feelings or we weren't fighting over oh, the deer, sure nothing no. like that. But it just, uh, it made for a heck of a story. And that was, that's probably the wildest deer story we ever got. I think Drury's got it on there. It was on one of their videos, but I think they still got it on their YouTube page somewhere. Yeah. Well, that's a good story, but we may not. We may have to hear Mr. David's side of it. I, I don't know First if I trust you, Jeff. <laughs> I can't say that it's similar. 
Oh, that, yeah, that is a great story. It sounded like <laughs> it was a heck of a deer, too. So yeah. how old were you then, Jeff? Uh, I was probably, I guess, mid-20s, something like that. I knew I had been in business for a couple of years because that farm, it wasn't real big, but that was my first. That was the first thing I'd basically spent all money I've been saving my whole life on was a down payment on that farm. And I don't have that farm anymore. It was a beautiful farm, great farm. I just just moved on. Mm. Well, we may have to come up with a new deer call that sounds like a, a stand falling out of a tree. <laughs> yeah, we laugh about that. At the time, it, it was pretty scary just once we figured out what was happening. But the stand eventually called. I don't know how far it fell, but it eventually caught. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, look, well, thank you for telling us that. We know you're busy. The, the, the guys up there, would you please try tell to get them to tighten up? Yeah, and yeah. tell them we need them to get them back well, as soon yeah. as they can. So. We're, trying to, to we're trying here. to get them a buck. Yeah. We're trying to get them a buck, but when you're, it's late October and you're hunting in t shirt, it's yep. a little tougher. Yep. Y'all go yeah. sit over that radish. I I'm saw some photos, do. and it is beautiful up there this time of year. Just it is. Beautiful. It is. We, we, we may have not have timed the, the rut or the weather perfectly, but Sunday and Monday was as pretty as I've ever seen this place. We did time that perfect. Well, that sounds good. I'm a little jealous. We're sitting here in this room with a bunch of guys jealous, with bad breath. And, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah uh, look at where, who's behind. Well, I mean, I'm having Mr. Hercules, Hercules right over there, here. Yeah. Yeah, man. So. Now, Dudley, he's my, jealous. My family has a, to- a term for people like Bobby. Yeah. FOMO. <laughs> I don't know. What does FOMO uh, mean? Fear of missing out. Every time somebody else is on an adventure, he's like, no, I, I, on, there. I should be there. Yeah. Yeah, they call that FOMO. That's what makes you so creative. That's right. Yeah, I don't know. Well, Jeff, we sure we appreciate what y'all do for Mossy Oak and Gamekeepers and Biologic. Absolutely. And, Thank and, you. Uh, y'all be safe. Yes. Yes, sir. We appreciate y'all. Thank you. Thanks, uh, y'all Jeff. be careful. Thanks, Jeff. Send pictures. We will take care. All right. Well, let's Bye-bye. let's look just across the table here. Let's get, let's get Cuz to tell a story. Hey, I, I, bet yeah, you, I, I bet you he had some good snacks in his pocket. Oh, you know he <laughs> did. Man, they, they post monster. the best snacks on Instagram and Facebook and all that Yeah, I stuff. think we sent him some of those Uncle Ray's chips, too. So, he'd be snacking on some you Uncle Ray's chips. Hey, you need to grab some of those as you leave, too. That's going to be a fun rapid fire when I, whenever I get <clears throat> Jeff back on, ask him a bunch of snack questions. Oh, man, they got some good stuff. And don't forget that. Speaking of chips, we've got that boatload of chips promotion going on. So, see our oh, boat yeah. full of Uncle Ray's Mossy Oak chips. Y'all get signed up. Yeah. Look at Lanny. Lanny can always wrap it back to business. I appreciate <laughs> I mean, that, man. It's, it's, it's food. Well, Somebody's got to do it. You're always say, let me pay the bills. Let me pay the bills. So. Yeah. And look, oh, I'm definitely interested in you paying the bills. So, you know, no complaints. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Cuz, what? tell us a story. <clears throat> well, my, you know, Toxie's brought reference up to big deer, big deer. And I, and I do have a big deer story. But, man, I was thinking driving down here, you you, I've got my memory bank is just full. Yes. But I can tell you one of the most emotional hunts I ever had was with uh, uh, my middle grandson. You know, Matt. That's Cranky's brother, and Cranky's been a YouTube sensation. He gets all the publicity <laughs> and all that stuff. But when Matt was five, he uh, man, he was all about it. They, of course, they're out there where we are, and he would tell me every day, starting about September, pop on a shoot the crossbow and we would we'd shoot that crossbow and he was unlike cranky he matt's just like really laid back but he's focused and he's got a good mind and he was taking he was just making sure everything was just right and then he kind of just quit 
you know, he's like, he didn't bring it up anymore. Bowl season open, I've been two or three times, you know, and he was watching this. And he, he just walked up to me one day, and it was cooler. It was one of them October cold fronts. And he looked at me, he said, Pop, I'm ready. I said, ready for what? He said, I'm ready to go bow hunting. And it was already like quarter to four. And I said, okay. So I have a little food plot right behind the uh, my shop out there. We call it the bow patch. It's tiny. It's like a quarter acre. But I had put a ground blind in there. I got a big 20-foot ladder. That's where I killed my best deer ever out there, Toxie. Come. I was supposed to go hunting with Toxie that day. But anyway, hadn't even been in there. So we, we eased back there. And he's got mossy oak on head to toe, and I'll never forget. And why I didn't take a picture of this, I don't know. He's putting that face paint on because he'd seen me do it, and he had it all over <laughs> him and me and their dog. And it was just a, it, it was a, it was hilarious. But he was not smiling. He's, a, he's thinking. He serious. He's serious. thinking the yeah. whole time. Game face. That's right. So we get in that blind, and I, I did have a camera sticking out of Oh, I've, I've become really good at filming, kids. You can't make that a big part. I had it where I could left-handed see stuff and, and just kind of get a, you know, a wide view. Anyway, and pretty soon, here comes the perfect deer. It's not an old doe with a fawn. It's not a yearling. It's probably a two-year-old doe right by itself, and I'm thinking... That's divine intervention right there. Well, the deer's out there, and we, you know, we got the little food plot planted, and it's nibbling along, and he, he's down on it just like this, and he's, he's like, Pop, I'm ready. He had drawn a picture before we left. He said, he, he came up, he said, now, here's a picture of my deer, and I got it on my phone. I'm going to show it to you. He said, draw across where I'm supposed to hit it, and he had drawn this pencil deer. It's the coolest thing you've ever seen. And I put it, put his hand up there, and I put the little cross right there. So that's where you that's where you go aim. We well, had it hanging up in the blind, a little pop up blind, and he would look. And this thing's thirty yards, and we'll get no closer. And I don't want him to shoot thirty yards, although it's a crossbow. Right. And he's propped, and he'll look through there, and he'll look at that picture, <laughs> and he'll look back, and he'll look at that picture, and he he looked at me, and he just kind of winked. I was like, "Go ahead, whack," and he ten ringed it. And that deer took off running, and I saw it cut and cut like that, and you could just see the flip and the turn and all that, and and wow. and I looked, and his eyes were like a hoot, yeah. like a little hoot owl sitting yeah. over there, like what just happened? And we sat there, and he said, "What's next?" I said, "Well, when you're bow hunting, because you're bow hunting when you were a little kid. I don't care if you got a crossbow or not. They're bow hunting. You get to talk about broadheads and mm-hmm. fletchings and all that." And I said, "Well, when you're bow hunting and you're shooting, when you got to wait a little while." You know, just to make sure everything's all right, kind of let everything. He said, okay. So he sat there real quiet, and he tugged on my shirt sleeve, and he looked up. He said, Pop. I said, what? He said, can we say a prayer? And I said, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he, t- he took his little mossy oak hat off, and he he folded his hands, and I didn't film this, and I, I could just shoot myself for not filming. And he said, dear God, this is Matt. I just shot my first deer with an arrow. I would love for you to help me find it. Have a good week. Amen. <laughs> it was oh, good. Awesome. It was, yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah, it, hit the horns. Yeah, oh, right. Have a good week. Yeah, have a good week. Amen. Have a good week, God. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I don't think I had my cell phone. I said, look, you wait here. I'm going to take a little look. Well, I knew his daddy was right back there in the shop. It wasn't 250 yards from my little shop. So I went and got his daddy, and I let him and his daddy track wow. it. 
and I filmed all that stuff. And for some reason, and I've got other grandkids, I've watched them all kill their first deer. And uh, but that one, for some reason, just flew all over me. I saved the well, picture. Well, that was your first grandchild. That was that was my. F- he's the middle grandchild, but he's the first deer kill. Walker right, Walker right. killed his first deer like two weeks later right. on my farm, mm. and he he shot it with a little two two three, and we were in the thickest place on my little farm, and it immediately shot out of the field. And I went down there and looked, and it's two two three. I said, let's wait. You know, so they, and they live in Tupelo, it's 30 minutes away. And he, I said, let's look in the morning. I, I didn't know where he hit him. I thought he hit him good. And when he came back, he walked up and he, he, he was six, five or six. He said, Pop, I didn't sleep any. I said, No, nah, you pulled my leg. He said, No, sir. He said, All I thought about was that deer. And we didn't go 10 yards. And that deer was like, If I'd have just went in there and looked, it was laying right there. So all hmm. those grandkids' hunts are special. Yeah, no I mean, doubt. Yeah. It's something about, that. you know, uh, praying for help me find it. And have it. it was just the coolest thing well, ever. They're just younger. They haven't really been influenced right. yet by anybody just, else. They have that sense of wonderment. It's, it's raw, and it's their personality, and it's it's a great experience. It is. And, you know, Toxie brought reference to the – I killed a big deer in 1981, and it was a fluke. <clears throat> but back in 1981, there wasn't a whole bunch of – 200 inch class deer hitting the ground there just no, weren't no. any no and uh I, I have a lot of stories about that but my favorite part of it is uh you know when we kind of saw how big the deer was and my friend neil brown the original cuz toxies met him yep. he uh he's like cuz they're having these big buck contests all over and it wasn't no internet or anything but i got to <laughs> looking and calling people so I was like, golly, I'm going to go. They had one at Steinberg's in Baton Rouge mm-hmm. and Blackwell Chevrolet. They were all over. So we got that there. I'm taking him to Steinberg's in Baton Rouge. going to enter him in a big contest. And I pull up to this red light. I don't know where it's at. And there's these four guys in orange vest, And they could see the rack sticking up. This thing was gigantic. Yeah. And they pull, they pull over. And I'm trying to find out how to get to Steinberg's, which they told me. And three of them were up there looking at that rack, and then one of them's in the back patting that deer. He said, man, look at the hams on this thing. <laughs> like, that's my man yeah, right yeah, there. He yeah. couldn't care less how big that deer was. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hams that, on that, this thing. Yeah, yeah, look at the hams on that thing. That was the 30-30, wasn't it? It was. It was a lever action 30-30. I had half of an amateur climbing stand. The bottom, <laughs> the bottom half. I had the bottom so half. So you hugging the top. Hugged the tree, got yeah. up there and sat down. And, and you know, I, I – I tell people all the time, they're like, they don't believe this part, but I had a deer get by me early because mm-hmm. it was, you couldn't shoot those back then. I didn't see any antlers. Anyway, when it got way around to the left, it had them little spikes that cocked back. <laughs> and I was so mad <laughs> that I didn't shoot. I was steaming up there. And then this big boy, I could just see glimpses of points coming down. And there's an old skitter trail there. As soon as he got to that skitter trail, right before he got to it, it would it had quit raining. It rained a little that morning. And when I pulled the hammer back on that thing, it sounded like you dropped a pot and pan <laughs> in a football stadium. It was loud. And he just stopped broadside in the only opening I had. And I could see that little curly hair, you know, down here at the bottom. Of it. And I shot, and it dropped. And I walked down there and went. And then my first thought was, Back then, I mean, me and Pam had been married a while. We didn't have two nickels to rub right. together. And I killed some pretty nice deer, and I was never good to get one mounted. 
She'd look at it and go, nah, you know, it's $125. <laughs> and I looked at that deer and said, by golly, I'm going to mount that. I guess so. But, uh, yeah. you know, it was a lot happening. I learned a lot. Yeah, he did. Because, yeah. you know, it's amazing. The, it's the, the bad part of deer hunting. People that's aren't, true. People aren't proud for you. And that that's the thing we should all work on getting better at. Yeah. No doubt that was the it. second biggest deer in the state of Mississippi at the time. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. a, that's Two, saying something. 229. Yeah, it was a, a it was a big old deer. It's a giant deer. It was a giant deer, and then the, to this a, day, the prettiest like non-typical yeah, I've ever seen because the giant fork brows match on both sides. Giant fork two match on both sides. Just and then, but like beautiful, symmetrical, but gnarly. It's just the coolest deer. That's cool. And it was in a hunting club with how many people? Three. And sixty bucks. That's right. He paid, paid sixty bucks. And I for saved that. all year. It was that's a right. <laughs> it was an IP clear cut place. Ge- wasn't it? Georgia Pacific. Georgia Pacific. And that's it right. Was, it was just a crazy thing. You know, I was working at the sporting goods store where Toxie hired me from that sporting mm-hmm. goods store. I, I came back to work there after the primo stuff. And I was in there, nobody knew who I was. They'd heard about the deer. And they would come in talking about it. Did you hear about that big buck? Yeah. Well, you know, he shot it at night. Uh, oh, yeah. He shot it on my yeah. grandpa's place. That's, and I was, that's man, my deer. That, that, must, that guy's a thug, man. <laughs> Who is that? And I heard so much. Even this yeah. is in 81, all this big deer stuff. Yeah. Had Before started. Facebook. Before anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and right. I heard all kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah. and it, and it kind of, you know, affected me. Yeah, a bit. sure. Yeah. And, uh, he has been the national spokesman for don't let don't let the numbers get to you that's right because it affected him he saw the the dark side of deer hunting and i mean it is what it is and we all look we all have our moments too but it was a great he got actually because of the pain he got through from it taught him a lesson early on that we all kind of learned from yeah. And, you know, don't take yourself quite so serious on the no. deer front. Yeah. Yeah, and that's something I'm proud of, Moss Hill. We did all that television for years. Hunting the country was so high-ranked, number one, all that. And to my knowledge, we never scored a deer on that show. No, we looked no. for stories because, there's man, there's interesting people everywhere. No doubt. And I yeah. say all the time, that is great, you know, the, the age of putting a numerical number on a deer and scoring. Yeah. That's all great, but just – our only point here is keep it in the right context and keep it fun. You know, oh, it is a measure, but, yeah. you know, it still can get taken out of context. Great deer stories. But that was just such an incredible story. It was almost like God's destiny for him to, like, kind of just – because it did put him in the spotlight, right, wrong, or different, you yeah. know. Lever action 30-30 on a – he was at the stand right inside the gate because he was running late. I mean, just – all those coincidences, and the next thing you know, here he is with us in his career. I mean, so whatever hand of God had on it, I'm grateful for. I can tell no you that. It. Yeah. it was divine yeah. intervention. We actually had a picture of that deer in the first or second Moss Hill catalog. Yeah. yeah. And had a quote from me like I was somebody. <laughs> you know, it was the – but it was, like I say, it's a big deal back then, but – it's way down my list now as far as, you know, yep. the, me- the memory bank. Yeah, sure. You know, some of those wounded vets and them little kids catch a dream. It's, it's, there's hundreds. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, Lanny, I'm going to look at you next. Have you got one, or did you even think about preparing a story? I mean, you know, I have to go back to, you know, I've had a lot of good times with all these guys in this room in these woods. There's no question about it. I can tell you, you know, memories of Toxie tracking deer and hugging cuz next when he, he's killed deer and – Dudley, I don't know if we've ever killed a deer together, but I don't know if we. I don't think so. Well, you know, t- t- I, I t- set t- Bobby. I set. Bo- I always set Bobby up for the for the victory. I closed. Yeah, he closed <laughs> for me. You know, so yeah. uh, this, it, you know the the whitetailing itself has been such a big part of my life and my whole family's life. 
you know, even as a young kid, I remember my dad, you know, going to – he'd go on the weekends to Mississippi State to hear the guys talk about, you know, deer biology so he can figure out more and listen to him tell the stories about, you know, finding a track and looking for it. But all that being said, you know, I'm just like everybody else. I can't replace the time with my kids. And I'm at that that that, uh, that stage right now where I've got a couple young boys that are spending a lot of time in the woods. Um, and, you know, so – I would just say just the times that I've been able to spend over the past couple of years uh, with my kids in the wood and, and trying to teach them what I learned. And, and more than anything, what I've learned, and now with my oldest one, you know, he's had the pleasure of harvesting several. But seeing in him, uh, and, and this is where my story is going, is, is last year he, he worked hard. We put in some food pots and put the time in. He, got, he harvested, you know, two or three good does and several deer and had a good time. So I was expecting this year for him to – uh, to be really eager to hunt, and the first thing he said was, "Hey, when are we gonna go start working on those places so we can get ready for deer oh, season?" Hmm. So that, that's a, it's a big one to me. But so uh, awesome. little yeah. gamekeeper in the making, yeah, right gamekeeper there. Yeah. In the making right well, you've got a lot more of those memories to come, so yeah, because they're, yeah. they're We're young. We're just getting started. Yeah, oh, that's right. That's the best right. time. Yeah, so it was the best times. Where's Richie? Richie, uh, wake up over there. Rich. What about let's play Terry's story, and then after that we'll hear from Toxie. And uh, we'll kind of close out with Toxie's story. How about that? So, guys, what we've got is Terry Jury couldn't be on here when we recorded. Uh, should have done this with Chris as well. But we were just learning that this might be an option. What so, about y'all? Have y'all had stories already? Well, no. uh, Dudley didn't want to tell us. Yeah, I don't story really have that, anything that, that just okay, strikes. You know, I said I wasn't going to, then Bobby I called on me. That was perfect. I'll, I'll tell one that's very short. I've got yeah. a bunch of them. They're all kind of tied, but. So let's listen to let's listen to Terry Drury. We, we he called in a little while ago and we recorded this one. So, you know, Bobby, we've got so many really really great stories from from decades of hunting that it, it's hard to pick one. If I had to pick one or two, there would be a, one of them was an old one, a really really old one, Bobby, a long time ago. I was filming. Mark was hunting, and we were hunting in Illinois. And at that time, we were still trying to learn, you know, and learn so much that we were making every mistake in the book. And I'm talking 30 some years ago here, but there was this little land bridge within the timber and I call it a land bridge. It was really just kind of a structurally, it looked like, you know, it had been there, maybe an old roadbed or something many, many years ago, but it was a land bridge and all the timber had grown up and, and it was, it was pretty sheer fall off on each side. And we were confident that if a deer walked through there, we were parked on one end of it and we had the right wind that we would kill him. And sure enough, and this led out to a cut cornfield. And sure enough, we had a, a beautiful little deer. And I don't remember if he was an old two and a half or a young three and a half, but he was a beautiful deer. And he might have been 125 inches, maybe 130. I don't know, but it was a really, really white rack. And it was glistening off the sunlight, off the sunshine. Just his, his rack just stood out as beautiful as it could be. His coat was sheening. And I, I was just taken aback, and I was laying it down. And whenever you lay one down correctly, and, and Mark put a good shot on him, and the deer ran, you know, maybe 80 to 100 yards and tipped over. But that was one of the first ones that, that made a difference, and uh, that I felt like made a difference because we did such a good job putting it together and, and calling the right shots and going in on the right wind and the right access. And it just worked out, you know, to a T and, and the footage was gorgeous. And that was kind of the first one that stuck in my mind as, okay, Hey, I, I did a nice job laying it down and Mark did a phenomenal job, 
you know, getting him on the ground. And when you do one correctly and, and they read the script, if you will, the, the, the feeling is just overwhelming. And that's, those are the types of hunts that hook you for life. And you go, you know what, I want to do this again, and I want to do it better next time. And then you do it again, and then you go, ah, I, could have, I could have done a little bit better on this or a little bit better on that, particularly from a filming standpoint, because I think there's a, certain, uh, there's a certain feeling that you get, a certain feeling of accomplishment when you lay one down correctly that's actually better than being the hunter. If you're a videographer, and even if you're not a videographer, but you do it right and you know it's, it's good for television or good for video, uh, there's a, an accomplishment and, a, and an overwhelming feeling that you did it right. And you go, I want to do it again and I want to do it better. But it's, it's uh, an emotion that you cannot describe. So that was like number one. And, and then as time progressed and things went on and a lot of bucks under our belt and so on and so forth, you know, Matt Drury killed one on my farm a few years, a few, <laughs> excuse me, a few years ago, a deer we called gnarly that scored 171 or something like that. And it was in the timber. The deer was scarfing up acorns as he came in. My farm manager, Forrest, it was one of his first really, really good kills that he laid down. But the deer got to like 10 or 12 steps, something like that. And Matt put a phenomenal shot on him. He was getting ready to climb out, as a matter of fact. He was climbing down. I think his bow was already on the ground. And when, when they fought as a deer, he had to, you know, pull his bow back up and all this sort of thing. But uh, it, was, it was just there, too, a sense of accomplishment. The footage was gorgeous. Those two guys were together. And I'm, I couldn't have been happier for Matt because he works so hard at it. And he doesn't have the opportunities to hunt some of the better areas all the time. So he's, he's, he, uh, trying to balance the scales between home life and work and all those other elements that go into it. He, he hates to leave home. He wants to always make sure that he's there in the evening. So finding a place close to where he lives is pretty doggone hard. So he's battling a lot of elements there trying to find a deer that walk during daylight. And it just, it doesn't happen like some of these other areas that are a little more rural. So that one, that deer was a, a big, big accomplishment. It was on my farm, and I had directed them to go there, and I felt good about putting him there because I knew if the deer got with, within, you know, 40 yards, Mark Matt had been practicing, and his, his shot placement was, you know, second to none. He's a lot like Mark. He's an extremely, extremely good shot. Uh, he just don't get the opportunities that everybody else does on a regular basis. But that one I would have to put up there at the top probably is, is watching him kill a, a really, really good deer. And the one that we laid down on video decades ago was probably one of my other favorites. And it was not a giant. It was just an accomplishment. And uh, those kind of stick out when you do it right. I get the biggest kick out of Terry, though, when you watch him on the television shows and when he shoots an animal and that camera pans over there to him, he's got these these eyes are just glowing glow. and he's yeah. got this big smile. They call him old man winter, but he, <laughs> he is such a good guy. He's a great guy. Yeah. The, whole, the whole family's like that. You know, right, I spent right. three days up there with them during turkey season and they're, they're just priceless. You, you, if you hang around and you wouldn't think they're kind of the people who set that bar yeah, on are. how good the video is and the, how growing oh. the deer and being a gamekeeper and all that. They, they're just a awesome family. They are. They're the classic act. And it made so much because it goes back before even any of y'all. Yeah. You know, when we met Mark, it, right there when Cuts was along, 
mean, that far back. You he know? did a college yeah. internship here or something. Yeah. yeah. He did an insur- internship in my car, too. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. Because uh, Bill, Bill had Mississippi and Bob had Alabama. I kind of had everything else. And, man, we went through Arkansas and Missouri. And back right. then. The mink states. That's right. Oh, yeah, I forgot. It, it, it wasn't as easy back then. You didn't walk in. You, no. you could walk. You, if you could, you could go in and out with a sign on your neck that says, hey, I have Mossy Oak. Sit down, let's write order. Back then, I, everybody knew what it was. And Mark wanted to know every detail from selling to yeah. manufacturing to marketing. I, that's just the way he was, oh focused. Gosh, it was still is. Yeah. So he was like, yeah. He came, I met him that time, and he said, I'm, I'm going to come during my spring break and, and work for you for free. I just want to see what goes on. I was like, I was thinking, free help. That's great. Show <laughs> it's up. in the budget. So he stayed at the house. So Francis was a little baby. He stayed with me and Diane at that little thousand square foot house we were living in and worked, took customer service, worked, did all that stuff, you know, learned everything like a sponge. And then when he left after the, at the end of the week, he said, okay, when I graduate, I'm going to call you and you're going to hire me. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's, you know, but that's how he is. Yeah. And sure enough, I got that call one day and I said, you know what? I, I said, I would, this, I think I've got something that'd be perfect for you. And, he had no experience. He'd been studying. Had no experience, but he went to work as a sales rep, and it was no time. He was lighting the scoreboard up. Yeah, hey, what a, what a great family, y'all. Oh my gosh! And the thing about stayed so loyal, and our bonds just get closer and closer as time marches on between the families and everybody. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, yep. it just never ceases to amaze me how they can lay out that footage and just have a. It's like they have a perfect year every single year. I mean, they've got trials and tribulations, but they, yep. they always make it work. They make it happen. Well, they started off trying to shoot two- and three, uh, three-year-olds. You know, they, they, they were back in the day, they were trying to – when they got started, and then it's kind of progressed, Terry, when I were talking before this, and now they're trying to shoot seven- and eight-year-olds. And that's just almost an impossible thing to try to do on camera. But they're pulling it off. Well, they've been doing it for a long time. They're killing bigger and yeah, better. they deer. know what they're doing. They've been doing such a long time, and where right. they hunt, and the, just the way they plan and do everything, and they've been managing this deer herd for such a long time. They've gotten into that. It wouldn't, it wouldn't happen overnight for no. anybody. No, no they work so hard at it. So yeah, talk to you. You got a story? A to- couple of quick ones because I can't say one. Um, Neil's first deer with a bow. I mentioned that already. That is, was cool. Is he oh, Neil? Are you still there? Yeah, he's still here. I'm still here. Okay, <laughs> so so then. The first one of the kids to kill a deer would have been Daniel, and he went and they flipped a coin. Daniel won. They couldn't. I told them I would not take them until they learned to shoot a scoped rifle. And they said I can't. I can't manage the black hole, Daddy, which is the eye relief. We can't. We can't do it. So I said, Okay, Daniel, I'll take you. It was opening day. We had a bunch of guests in town. I'm gonna take you, but you got to prove to me you can shoot. And so I got a 22, and we sat down. He sat on the leaned up on the tire of the truck and I put a target out there and I said when you show me you can because sh- if you don't you're not going deer hunting right. I can do it I can do it I can do it so he finally and he looked through and he looked through and he looked through and he finally saw the box and he shot and it was close but it wasn't like and then I said no you got to hold it steady you know and the next thing he it's like a 25 yard shot he you know and I've got maybe the size of a dime with a magic marker drawn on a box yeah. And he hits it like three, four times. And I said, okay, let's go deer hunting. Hmm. And sure enough, we're, we're sitting in the power line down here where we had forever. This is that up. afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got an old sleeping bag. We're laying down by that power line. And just right at dark, this eight-point comes out. A pretty deer, too. Yeah. You know, it was probably a three-and-a-half-year-old deer. And he shoots the deer. 
and this deer doesn't even move. He just stands right there. Doesn't flinch, doesn't rub his tail, doesn't, makes no motion of that. And then I try to get the gun and bolt one, and the deer turns and runs off. And I was like, oh, my God. He said, did I miss it, Daddy? Uh, well, you know, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure, you know, maybe not. Didn't look good, but you might have hit him. And he was, like, really down. And so what I told him was, I said, we're going to, we got gas, and it's going to be cold tonight. What I'm going to do, though, what I want you to learn from this, no matter how much you think you missed a deer, you just go back yeah. and you look for it. You just go look. But in case yeah. you did hit this deer, I'm not going to go push it tonight. There's some cane right in the woods there. And so the next morning at daylight, we put the guests out that we had. And I went down there just, you know, I told him I was going to do it, so I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I went down there, and I walked in the woods and 50 yards in the woods. The deer was laying he had drilled that deer. And he never, the deer never flinched, never showed any sign of being shot, not bucked, not nothing. In fact, usually if you shoot a deer with a rifle and they just stand there, you hadn't touched them. Right. Sure. But sure enough, I went back to the house and got him. Let's go look for him. And I lied and acted yeah. like I hadn't been there yet. So we and I forget what one of our guests was tagging along and saw him. But anyway, I still remember the look of wonderment with him when he yeah. saw the deer. And then real quick, quicker than that was Sarah Francis. It was Christmas the boys had killed deer already. She wanted to go with Daddy. Okay, I'll take you deer. She hadn't practiced much, but I'd had her shot shot a twenty two a few times. So we went to the cotton mill, which was our lease we had, and uh, the same power line as Daniel, yeah. just a long ways from it. And we just sat there, never saw a deer almost all afternoon. Well, I had her sitting. We had a big tree, and she had that same thing. We'd hunt with a balled up sleeping bag like a rest, and I had the gun pointed in the power line. Already, so she was just sitting there behind the gun. It was pointing in the power line. Well, I looked 180 degrees, and I see a deer in the woods. I heard a stick snap. Right. And this deer was like a, a small seven-point. It's like, oh, my gosh, you know, because I hadn't even seen a doe or anything. Mm-hmm. And this deer walks from maybe 150 yards in the woods, who were wide-open woods, and walks. He had his head up, and it was, you know, that's a pretty much almost post right at the end of the rut time. And he was in a just a stupor for does and he walked straight as an arrow right by us we couldn't move an inch because we were pointed the opposite direction he walked right by us maybe five yards and he walked out in the power line and he stopped right in the crosshairs of her scope <laughs> and i said do you see him yes sir where are the cross is they're right on him already i said pull the trigger and she drilled him <laughs> he ran right by us maybe five yards on the other side and drop dead right in front of us out there about 25 <laughs> I've never heard that story. I haven't heard that story. And it was Christmas Day. I've never heard that story. So that was her first deer. Christmas, Christmas Day. Day. Christmas wow. afternoon. That's awesome. Christmas afternoon. <clears throat> That's one of them divine intervention hunts. Yeah. yeah. So one more That's right awesome. now. Last year at the very uh-huh. last day of the February. Uh, Meat week. Yeah. And Daddy had not killed oh, a deer. Yeah. And he actually killed a deer with me. Not to go into the whole story, we finally saw it was a really good buck. He popped his head out of the cedars, and I was like, "Dad!" He was all the way across the to the other. It's not a huge field, but he's yeah. probably 150 yards. It's and I Alabama. said, "Daddy, do you see him?" Yeah, I said, "He's not going to stick around. You need to take a shot right now." And ended up drilling him. Mm-hmm. And I had a little fun with him because when I went and found the deer, finally it was about a 250 yard tracking job. And I came back, I acted like. You know, he didn't hit him. But that was very. You got to play it up was, a little. That bit. was just the first. The you know the first two rifle kills with Daniel Neal and then Neal's bow buck have to rate at the top, and then that last one with Daddy. And then I have to say, as family always comes first, 
and he had mentioned it, I got to go to the water buck. I was going to oh ask about God. the water buck. And you hadn't even thought about it. That, was, that, that deer, was in my mind. That deer with cuz, we're just starting to try to video. And all we're doing is videoing to try to support, you know, what Primo's had going right. on and maybe just give them something they could use that would help promote mossy oak. And we had hunted and hunted and hunted and hunted. And we're in the south, and we're hanging stands, and we're hanging double stands. And we're both climbing trees by each other, and we had hunted and hunted. And not even killed a doe or anything yet. Might, maybe we shot one doe or something. And then we went on this trip, and we're not seeing any deer in the last morning before we leave, sure enough. And if you've ever seen it, go to our, yeah. you know, Mossy go and see it. It's Check still it the most watched thing we've ever done. That deer comes up, and I actually took a bad shot, but, I mean, I thought I could make it, and I did. The deer turned and looked up in the tree and saw us, and, but he was quartering kind of cornering to me and I put it in front of his shoulder. Yeah. It went all the way through his shoulder in reverse, came out in the backside of the backside shoulder perfectly and he killed, the deer died in like 10 yards. Yeah. Uh, but eight, he died eight, in eight. that water yeah. and Cuz took it. He took I his, remember. His, it was his, so cold you couldn't breathe. There was ice forming down there and, I, and we were we getting in there and I, I was disgusted and he's like, we're going to kill a deer. I said, if you kill a deer in here, you know. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, he I'll, was I'll, laughing. Yeah, I said, it's going to get in that water. I'll go get it. And, man, it wasn't <laughs> 10 minutes. But he had an 80-pound Oregon bow with oh, yeah. round the wheels on 48 it. inch. That's right. Yep. I mean, that thing was like a bumper on a Cadillac. It was huge. <laughs> yep. Just whoop, pull that thing back. And I, to this day, I did a, a talk last weekend in Florida yep. at an event called Sportsman Giving Back. The old water buck. First question, you know, I get through and everybody's like, mm-hmm. And that hand comes up. Tell me about the water bug. Oh, I mean, yeah. you never get away from that. You know what I mean? And I had no idea. He was filming. I had no idea. He, he had that even... fireman's long underwear yeah. thing on. I was like, you right can't now. film this. Man, people see me in my underwear. I said, we're filming this. He's long, John. Just <laughs> ain't underwear. And he With was a hole like, in it. He was looking back at me. And I was like, no, a deal's a deal. You're going to push him out. And thank goodness he wasn't, it wasn't real deep there. But right before he got to the deer, no, right, you were, you were dragging back. him out. Yeah, he tripped and oh. almost fell face first in the water. <laughs> and it was like, that's where you hear, beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> All that cold water. But just, you know, that, that wonderment. That water Just to, re- yeah. to have this podcast and relive that with him one more time because, you know, we were so rookie. And <laughs> so didn't know what we were doing. At all. And at the same time, it could have been, seriously, it wouldn't have made any difference if it was a – 200 inch deer it was incredible experience and i'm just so glad <laughs> we caught it on camera so actually i can relive it from time to time hey that's pa- cool p- passion trumps everything it does yeah it does and that's what we were full of back then because we didn't have much else mm-hmm. no had. a lot of passion it that was, was so hard to kill a deer with a bow for whatever reason it's very impactful i hear about it all the time i'm like and my wife would shake her head and like that's the most embarrassing thing you've ever. I said, well, I didn't do it to be embarrassed. Yeah. I was just hunting. So yeah, there was no uh, that was reality TV. There was that no was, cutaways yeah. or posed or no. recreate this or that. It was just how it happened. You know, how it happened. It was. Brutal. Well, that was that was a good story for yeah, sure. That has to be on my. That'll always be up there just because of the time and when it oh, happened yeah. in our very origins. Yeah. Yeah. Well, goodness gracious, that's a, a, Lanny. I'm looking at you. You over there checking emails or something? Oh, you know, but did you did you learn out of all this? Did you? You got mail. I, I mean, I learned. You know, I'm lucky to be surrounded by you know all these people that put such a high priority on on nature and the wonderment of it, and you know, continue to uh, be blessed by you know by what we do for a living. So. Yeah. What about you, Dudley? 
similar to Lanny. I mean, if, if you start losing that sense of wonderment or, or having fun out there, you need to reconsider the That's way, right. you're, the way yeah. you're hunting. Yeah. Uh, yep. Well, and always wear good, clean underwear when you're hunting with Tox. That's right. You, you might have to go in there and get him. Yeah. That's, That's right. It's, it's, it's Lesson it's, learned. <laughs> here it is right here. I got it up. That's what I was looking That's for. My, I, I, look, I, I, have, I didn't mind him doing that because I have fetched so much stuff for my daddy over the years. Yeah. And he taught me a good lesson is always save you some dry clothes to get into and you'll be okay. Because I've gone to fish stuff out of backwater for him, a duck or, you know, a deer, and uh, I forgot to take anything off, and I regretted it greatly. So he saved some dry clothes to put on when he got back. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, I've enjoyed this, and guys, the people listening, you know, the uh, hunting, the rifle firearm season is about to get started in, in a lot yeah. of places. It's a big deal. There's a holiday, people taking vacation. School's going to be let out in a lot of places. The The firearm season for the white-tailed deer is here. We want everybody to enjoy it and be yep. safe. Absolutely. Yes. And uh, get the most out of it. Make some memories with your family, with your kids. With uh, I can tell you right now, coming buddies. about somewhere, I'm just I'm, I'm prophesizing right now, five or so, maybe six years from now, uh, Neil and I both are together, or one of us will have our new greatest deer hunting memory. That's right. Coming yeah. down the road. He's got a year-and-a-half-year-old son right now. Tick-tock, yeah, yeah. tick-tock. Tick yeah. It's, it it'll fast. be here in the blink of an eye. I know. Yeah. I know. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, keep I guess saying, you're hearing all that. I keep, yeah, I, keep, I always say, you know, they're like, oh, man, I bet you can't wait for him to kill his first turkey or his first deer. I'm like, well, you know what? You know, as long as he wants to go hunting, I'll take him. Yeah, but maybe he won't like to hunt. And everybody looks at me like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he won't like to hunt." Yes. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So we're we're super excited. Hopefully, here in a few years he'll be ready to go. But um, but until then, we'll we'll keep trucking along. And I was going to say that here in a few weeks, we should probably get up with some of our favorite duck hunting friends and do this uh, the same roundtable favorite hunting story uh, with some of our duck hunting friends. We we'll probably get some pretty entertaining stories, especially some people that have. Uh, Spent their whole life hunting in the, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cuz probably isn't going to want to sit around the table for <laughs> yeah. hunting stories, but but I know he's killed a duck but, uh, before. I've seen it. Yeah, I watched him one morning, <laughs> yeah. and, and I watched him was one morning. And guess what, Dudley? Weren't you there when we took him? I don't know. Mister Gip, Mister Gibson was there. That's right. And he <laughs> witnessed Cuz has a dark side on ducks. Yes, he, <laughs> shoot at him. Yeah, he was like, I said, look, it's about a wrap. We've had a great hunt. And he said. What's the limit? I said, well, you got one more. He said, well, then we're not going. He went down there. <laughs> yeah. he, he snuck down the levee and crawled up and hid behind a tree where the ducks had been coming in. Boom, got his limit. Tagged out, Hey, baby. don't think he doesn't like it. <laughs> uh, a, lot, a lot of that had to do is who I was with and where we were at. Because them Hayes people, man, they they, they, they tough on them ducks. They're they, serious about yeah, it. Yeah, serious about it. But, serious about yeah, it. Yeah, I'd probably sit that one out. I don't have many duck stores. There'll be a lot of good duck stories too. Oh my gosh! Oh my yeah, gosh. yeah. I would, I would suggest, I would suggest giving Jim Ronquist a call because he, he could tell you stories for three hours. That'd probably top just about anyone. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, that's part of the re- we were supposed to have Chris Paradise on here, and uh, he's Ronquist is with him, and uh, so I think they were trying to scout for some ducks this afternoon, and we somehow. Uh, went a little long, and we missed our little window of opportunity. If there's anything so. that will completely sucked the vacuum out of Chris Paradise, no matter what else is going on in life, it is ducks. And actually scouting for ducks. Yeah, right. I've been with him. Yeah. He is he's like a heat seeking missile, so he's not too think worried about us right now, I don't think. 
So, Dudley, this one went a little long. I'm going to ask it. We hold off on an Ask Dudley. We'll, do we'll that do a little four. bit later. We'll do four next Yeah, time. we already owe you three. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. We'll do an entire Ask that. Dudley. Yeah. We'll do an Ask Dudley episode. Yeah, yeah we, we sure could. That. That'd be a good idea. That, that sure could. I think we may have lost Neil there. But, uh, oh, so anyway, so does anybody else have anything to add? Is there anything else going on we need to make mention of or? No. Notice of, I can't think of anything. So. Everybody go make their memories. It's tree planting season. Yeah. It is tree planting season. Yeah. Put them in the ground. I'm yeah. ready, yeah. actually. Fall's the best time It's to actually trees. harvest time, Dudley. You and I got to make a trip through the bottom. Yeah, yeah we got to go back to I did some scouting on the way home from work yesterday. Yep. Found some swamp chestnut oaks. and you know. mm, Toxie, I need to tell you about the hickory tree I found. Uh, hickory, oh, yeah. has it got the soft shell on it? He has got a. He's, oh, we he's need to. He's got a the, champion the on the state line. record. State champion. Yeah, oh, wow, that's on awesome. the Ponderosa. Yeah. Believe yeah. it or not. It's so giant. <laughs> we need to have a, a champion tree. Here's Bobby's podcast. all about scoring. There you go again. <laughs> yeah, gotta have the big tree. <laughs> yeah, right. Go by. He's gonna put a picture of it by Hercules over here. Yeah, talk about my tree's bigger than yours. That. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> Well, look, guys, Tuesday night's the television show. Yeah, Game tune Keepers in. of Mossy Oak. Please watch that. Richie and, uh, would sure appreciate it, as we would, too. You know, and if you get a chance, because it's got Fistful of Dirt. It's yeah. a great podcast over there. Y'all give him a oh, listen. Awesome. Y'all are t- you're telling the story of the, the, the pocket knife guy, aren't you, this week? Uh, yeah, it's up right now. It? And it's got more comments than anything That's I believe what I'm, we've I ever. love that story. It just reminds me so much of hunting It's camp. called the Accidental Podcast. I just I was trying to relay a story, and it turned into an hour. And then, you know, people heard his, his wife called right both the boys called oh, and it awesome. was just that's awesome it, it just that's the way them best stories they yeah. just kind of come out mm-hmm. you know and his son called me he was working he said because i'm crying on this job site these men think i'm crazy <laughs> <laughs> i hate it but i loved it so yeah it's it's always you know we, we do different things but we're the same people that's right and uh stories never go out of date no so no doubt about it Watching this water buck right now. Look at you, cuz. Yeah, look. Yeah. Talk, I wasn't expecting hair. to see you yeah. today. <laughs> well, we got back. We yeah. hustled on back. Yeah, did you have a good not lat? Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Okay. It was too long to get into. Yeah, yeah. it was great. We'll okay. get into that later. All right, well, we'll do that. Uh, looking around the room, Dudley, it's about that time. Why don't you say goodbye, Dudley? Goodbye, Dudley. Get us out of here, Rob. for tuning in to this week's episode of the gamekeeper podcast and be sure to tune in again subscribe to gamekeeper farming for wildlife magazine and don't miss the mossy oak properties fistful of dirt podcast with my good buddy ronnie cuz strickland